Alice Onlin and Herbert Konings are founding partners of Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Kyle Sondland, and with me is Herwig Konings, and this is the Security Token Show, the ultimate podcast for security token insiders. Alongside covering last week's news and updates, the latest STOs and market updates, we're also going to be discussing the benefit of self-custody from security tokens. We're going to explain what that really means for our main topic later in the episode. That's right, Kyle. But before we jump into all of that, we do always start off the show picking our favorite companies in the space last week to highlight the shakers and the movers. So who did you pick for episode 55, Kyle? I'm glad you asked, Herwig, because my company of the week this week is a second time winner, but it's their first time in 2020. And I want to give a huge shout out to Overstock as my company of the week. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you will know that Overstock is a public company and that they own the largest marketplace in the security token industry, T0, through its venture arm, Medici. You may also know that they distributed a security token dividend to their public shareholders that is now also trading on T0 and performing extremely well. What you may not realize is that extremely well might actually be an understatement for the impact that the OSTKO digital shares have had on our secondary market. On May 19th, the day that Overstock airdropped these tokenized shares to the public, the security token market cap was $58 million. And T0 as a marketplace had around $16,000 in daily trading volume. In the 10 weeks since the OSTKO launch, the security token market cap has grown over seven times from 58 million to 428 million. And the daily trading volumes have grown by 24 times from 16,000 to over $400,000 in daily volume today, which is even on the low scale compared to some of the days over the last few weeks in which T0 saw over 900K in trading volume just on Thursday, July 30th. In the last month alone, the market cap grew from 145 million to 428, almost tripling, and a huge chunk of that growth can be attributed to Overstock and T0. These two tokens have accounted for 284 million in capital gains in just the last 10 weeks, bringing institutional investors and serious street cred to the security token industry. On top of that, the firm has lifted up volumes and prices of many of the security tokens in the other assets, including equities and real estate as well, which further proves that bringing high quality assets legitimizes the entire industry and regardless of the assets or issuers, and they should not be seen as a threat. Overstock isn't just my company of the week because of these metrics though. Because Herwig, as we've detailed over the last year, the airdrop itself was no easy feat. The SEC tried to shut it down, forcing multiple delays, and coupled with the exit of founder and CEO Patrick Byrne right in the middle of the process, there were times in which this dividend was in doubt by the general public. But massive credit goes out to new Overstock CEO Jonathan Johnson and T0 CEO Sam Norsalehi for persevering and launching a very institutional product that is a leader in the industry and a trailblazer for innovation. Amazing work. Totally, Kyle. Overstock is a great choice. 
They've clearly proven themselves to be the catalyst, if you will, over the last 10 weeks that have been surging the industry. So they absolutely deserve the credit. And as you said, it's, it was no easy feat making that airdrop happen. In fact, pretty novel as a concept in itself for such an industry leader to do. And it's paying off big time. So keep it up, Overstock. Congrats on winning for the second time. Company of the Week now on the show. That's the, the third company to do so. I believe so. Yeah. So congrats to them. But Herwig, who do you got this week? Well, this week, listeners, it should come to no surprise that I'm giving my award out to yet another company that lets you invest as little as 100 euros to get exposure to real estate returns. So the first time I gave the award out for that was to Shareable Asset out of Singapore. And now I get to give it to Max Crowdfund in the Netherlands for doing the same thing, but with a little bit of a twist. Not only did they get official approval from the Financial Monetary Authority in the Netherlands last week, that's the SEC equivalent there, but they are also doing it in the form of offering loans, not equity, and interestingly enough, are building their token ecosystem in partnership with the Ardor public blockchain. So probably like me, you've never heard of Ardor, but it's the 122nd largest by coin market cap, and its parent company, a Swiss blockchain firm, called Jolorita is fully behind this project. And for what I can tell, it's the first security token project on their blockchain, but don't quote me on that. Anyways, we can start expecting Max Crowdfund to start putting out investment opportunities soon, according to their press release, marking yet another entrant into the security token space. Welcome and congrats, congratulations, Max Crowdfund for winning my company of the week. And also, you know, not an easy thing to do, getting their licensing approval from regulators and their platform's value proposition is, of course, something that I love. This is amazing innovation. Bringing these investment minimums down to allow for global access is something that I just think is tremendous for the equality of, of financial opportunity from any investor anywhere around the world. I think that this is an exciting opportunity. And congrats to Matt Crowdfund for getting the approval, following the regulations, and not trying to skirt around any of these laws. And because of that, they're now rewarded with, with having a regulated platform, and hopefully they can launch uh, many more tokens. Super cool stuff. And uh, with that, I think we can get into the news, Kyle. But of course, before I jump right into it, for those of you listening for the first time, you should know that all of the articles Kyle and I discuss on the show, they're sourced from stomarket.com slash news. And they're also available for reference in the about description of the podcast itself or on the Security Token Show Medium blog if you ever wanted to follow up and check them out yourself. Yeah, I want to jump in there really quickly to say anybody who sends us articles from LinkedIn or Twitter, thank you so much for that feedback. But just know that you get great coverage if you submit them through stomarket.com slash news. It's a super easy process. I've heard people give me feedback and say, wow, it's a whole lot easier than I expected. So definitely if you've got press, if you've got things you'd like us to cover, submit them there, stomarket.com slash news. Get it to us, people. Now we're going to kick things off in Russia, where some of you following the country may remember that last year a bill for security token crypto framework was proposed, and earlier this year we saw Russia's central bank pilot a blockchain program for tokenized assets move forward. So all in all, the attitude is bullish towards security tokens there. But it is heavily anti-crypto to say the least from what we saw in their proposals. But now it's official because what we started, I guess, 10 months ago now, it's officially signed into law by Putin himself. Essentially, companies can issue digital securities on a blockchain if they are properly registered with the Bank of Russia as issuers and satisfy also certain other criteria that's there. 
Now for the crypto community, the bill en ended up being a split. Uh, now it's gonna have to wait in anticipation for you know some time, which should be later this year in the coming months for a new bill regarding the crypto rules to be signed by parliament. And Israel Stock Exchange is getting into blockchain. The Tel Aviv Stock Exchange is aiming to become a one-stop shop for lending securities in the country, aka the TASIS Central Blockchain Securities Lending Platform will provide a single national market where Israeli institutions can lend securities directly to one another. So a press release statement mentioned that, quote, blockchain facilitates peer-to-peer -peer trading and escrow all with near guaranteed immutability and, quote, permitting access to larger securities volumes within shorter time frames, even operating in shorter term positions. So apparently it's also been actively testing since March with the expectation of going live in November this year. So more institutional exchanges are jumping on blockchain, everyone, and Israel, the startup nation, seems to be one of the first to fully utilize it for lending securities. And again, this year, that's really fast for a national stock exchange to be moving. Can't wait to see that live. Next, we also have more big news for the Middle East, where last week, your VC club announced that they have successfully been granted an innovation test license by Dubai Financial Services Authority, and it's ready for startups to raise funds through security token offerings on its crowdfunding platform. So according to the press release, the sole aim is to provide support to the SMEs and startups in the UAE who are looking to raise early stage pre-VC funding. So the Your VC Club platform will host everything from tokenization to secondary trading for its issuers. The firm claims to be the first to be able to offer compliant STOs in the Middle East, though personally, I'm not so sure if that's the case. Still, it's a big deal as the company looks to run some campaigns with issuers and prove to regulators that it's ready for a full-time license. So congrats, and also welcome to the security token space, Your VC Club. That's yourvc.club for anyone that's interested in checking it out. And Malaysia Stock Exchange, the Labuan Financial Exchange, or the LFX, has also announced that they are jumping on blockchain, but not for securities lending like Israel, but for the bond market instead. So the LFX partnered up with Singapore-based fintech development firm Hashtags on the project and plans to use distributed ledger technology to create an industry-wide ecosystem that would pave the way for a complete solution in the clearing and settlement of bonds on the platform while also improving operational efficiency and reducing costs for bond issuance. And over in the UK, the British Standards Institution posted a document last week seeking comments on creating a security token standard. And that's a big deal because the BSI is the UK's national standards body representing UK economic and social interests across all European and international standard organizations. And they carry a lot of influence. So the document they posted provides requirements for the publication of relevant information and the technical attributes of security tokens. We're talking about the smart contract stuff, not the regulations here. That's the financial conduct authority's job in the UK, right? So the BSI is trying to get into the nitty gritty of the protocols and trying to create standards for international security token issuers to follow using the BSI's guidance. Love so that. yeah, that's really good stuff. International security token issuers and industry participants in the UK have until the 28th of August to submit their feedback in the to the BSI's proposed document there. But yes, Kyla, a protocol advised on by UK regulators is, is very useful. Very cool. Very cool. I wonder if they'll have some kind of sandbox or anything that, that they launch alongside this once they get their feedback. We'll have to see. 
And T0, the subsidiary from Overstock there, Kyle's Company of the Week, had several bits of news last week. They've been on a roll lately, as highlighted last month uh, or so by Kyle on his all his reports on the show. But the company itself announced that they have cut staff and salaries, resulting in almost 45% savings in T0's cash burn year over year. So the goal of this exercise was to put the company in a healthy financial snapshot ahead of their targeted raise in 2021. So meanwhile, the CEO of T0, Sam Norsalehi, gave another company update highlighting some of their traction, like the Aspen listing coming up and trading volume success, of course. But they also shared a roadmap, including platform improvements such as 24-7 order entry Ooh. and improved liquidity while also adding more issuers to the exchange and finally launched their own T0 ATS market platform, which is, of course, still pending regulator approval. But he's confident it will all be accomplished by the year's end. So keep it up to zero, I think putting yourself in a financially stable position, I think that's a really smart thing to do, especially as you're ramping up listings and, and the technology for even greater scale and success. More on that later. And moving into the resources and opinion section, we're starting off with an interview on Crowdfund Insider with Bitbond CEO Radoslav Albrecht. So for those not familiar with Bitbond, they were one of the first security token platforms in both Germany and Europe to get their license to conduct STOs. And since then, the platform has powered multiple STOs. A highlight from the interview is that Radoslav says that they have more than 60 issuers interested in using their technology, citing one big project in Southeast Asia and many in Germany already in the works. So let's hope they all convert so that we have 60 more STOs on the market soon. Keep it up, Bitbond. We also have another good interview on securities.io with David Hodgson, who is the chief investment officer of the NEM group and runs the NEM venture arm. So NEM is a public proof of stake blockchain. It's the 29th biggest by market capitalization. And they have been involved in many projects, including notably in the central bank digital currency being issued by Lithuania. So the interview goes into this and more detail in Dave's work at the VC arm of the NEM blockchain and other cool projects they're working on and invested in. So check it out. There are more blockchains being used in the security token space than you think. And finally, I wanted to share some news here from Daniel Lebow, Thomas Lambert, and Peter Rosenboom, who announced that their security token offerings research paper was accepted by the European Center of Alternative Finance, and they will be presenting their paper in the fourth annual research conference there. So that's exciting stuff. Great work, guys. And that's it. That's all I've got for last week's new news rush there. So let's look ahead now, shall we? What's coming up with the virtual events, Kyle? First, we're going to start with a recap. And this was from the state of the STO space where five experts shared their experiences. And so these experts came together to talk about STOs in the Finance Magnates TV webinar, which was presented at the Singapore Blockchain Week, which we covered many times here on the podcast. So here's some of the good content. The recap is live and the webinar had an incredible panel, including those experts I talked about, including Raimo Hammenberg, the co-founder and CEO of Ignitium, an Estonia-based firm that offers end-to-end -end security token issuing services. It also included Kevin Murko, the founder and CEO of CoinMetro, um, inc also including uh, Evan Griffin, the founder of Tangible KK, a Japan-based company issuing real estate token tokens. And then finally, Daryl Parker, the CTO and co-founder of COG Network, as well as actually one more, Zoran, Did I can't pronounce his last name. Jakanovic. Jakanovic, Herwig's Belgian uh, 
helping me out there. But the president of Capital Market Authority in Montenegro is Zoran, and this he was the final panelist. So it had a lot of heavy hitters, it had really good content, and that VOD, the video on demand, is live, so you can check that out if you've got 45 minutes of free time because those are some, some great panelists there. Now covering the events coming up, the first one we have here is from Red Swan, who made headlines, I don't know, maybe six or nine months ago when they announced their partnership with Polymath to tokenize over $2.5 billion in real estate assets in its portfolio. And it has been conducting digital pitch presentations about its various properties in its tokenization pipeline. This time, it's going to be covering a residential multifamily property in Oakland featuring Ed Nuokadi, the CEO of Red Swan CRE Marketplace, who will discuss the many benefits of purchasing digital assets. It's also going to feature guest speaker Michael E. Johnson from Urban Core Development. And so this seems like a great opportunity to learn more about tokenization real estate from the perspective of commercial real estate professionals and veterans in the space. So I think that it'll be an interesting perspective that's maybe a little bit different than what you might get on a podcast like ours, which is maybe more focused on the tech. I would definitely recommend checking this one out. That's August 21st at 12 p.m. Eastern time. They're also going to have a Q&A there as well. Second, we've got the Secure Infrastructure for Digital Assets webinar, which is hosted by the Disrupt Network on Tuesday, August 25th from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. And that's going to feature Professor Dr. Philip Sander from the Frankfurt School Blockchain Center as the moderator. And he will be hosting Seamus Donahue, who's the Vice President of Medico, Peter Hoffman, CEO of Custo Digit. Josh Schwartz, CEO, COO of Curve, and finally Lior Lamesh, who is the CEO and co-founder of GK8. So that's another interesting panel there talking about the structure and the infrastructure of digital assets in the space. And then finally, we have the Security Tokens Realized event that I've mentioned a few times now. That's August 25th, talking about how many trillions of dollars of assets will be digitized by 2025. And the focus is going to be on how those assets will eventually become the new norm in reputable ecosystems. And it talks about the role of established exchanges, platforms, and legal firms. So the panelists are still yet to be announced by the Security Tokens Realized event but it's going to be from 6 to 7.30 Eastern time on Wednesday, the 25th of August. They put on some pretty great panels, security things realized, so I'm sure they'll, they'll whip together a good crew. But meanwhile, lots of other good events coming up this month, Kyle. That's really great. But uh, I'm curious, what's the latest in the STO? So let's talk about new STOs. The first, we're going to start with some updates. The first update actually comes from ReitBZ which is a security token offering that we first covered on episode four, which is almost a full year ago. And so as a reminder, BTG Pactual, which is the third largest bank in Latin America and a company of the week winner back in episode three, trialed a fundraise for a security token backed by their real estate portfolio called ReitBZ. This token was successful, hitting its 3.3 million soft cap and potentially much more. The final raise wasn't disclosed. This week, the firm is back in the news again because they've announced the first dividend for the REITBZ token will be distributed to shareholders. According to the company, the amount of dividends paid out is going to total about $87,000. And so I don't have the data on the token supply to be able to determine what the price or the per share dividend or the percentage distribution or whatever, but I'm sure that that will come out soon once they actually complete this distribution. So it's a huge accomplishment for the firm and a great sign that the fund is doing well if they actually have dividends to distribute. 
On top of all of that, our source did confirm in the coming weeks that ReitBZ does plan on launching a secondary market for transactions and for assets on their platform. So that's also really exciting and we'll do our best to get that on stlmarket.com as soon as we can. Second off, we have another update, and this is from Infinite Fleet. So if you remember Infinite Fleet, it's actually a, a video game that's being produced that wants to leverage non-fungible tokens in inside of the actual game. But on top of that, they did a security token offering for the fundraise of the platform. And so it's developed by a company called Pixelmatic, which is led by Samson Mao, um, who also has been a, a very impactful developer in the blockchain and Bitcoin more specifically um, platform. And so this company, Pixelmatic, announced the completion of their 3.1 million security token offering, which was privately raised. They announced this on Friday and the round was broken into two parts. So there was about 2.75 million raised via a SAFT, which is a agreement for future tokens. This is traditionally how they would do it in a private fundraise example, where they would then distribute the tokens after the lockup period. And then there was a smaller $250,000 raise through Bank to the Future, who we've covered before. And they are a fundraising platform that is definitely focused on security token offerings, doesn't exclusively do security token offerings, but this one in this case was. And so the project had planned to raise 3 million and was oversubscribed by 100,000 over just a 24 hour sale period, wow. according to the announcement. So the public sale, of the firm's token is expected in September. So they're actually going to do another fundraise for the public in a partnership with Stalker, S-T-O-K-R, who we've covered before. They've also issued other tokens as well that have been successful in their fundraise. And so, as I said before, it's interesting because it's going to be a humans versus aliens space game, a multi uh, multiplayer, everybody can, can play on the same game. And they're gonna be using digital tokens to actually drive the in-game economy. And so the funding round of this private round was led by Litecoin creator Charlie Lee, Blockstream CEO Adam Back, and Heisenberg Capital founder Max Kaiser, among others. Very institutional round for, for a video game. Super, super cool. I'm looking forward to that stalker offering. I'm sure you'll get us the details when it's live. Yeah, 3.1 million in 24 hours is very, very successful. So congratulations to Pixelmatic. And then finally, we have one new security token, and this is from Beyond Insure, which is a company based out of the Netherlands that aims to develop technology-based insurance solutions for European small and medium-sized enterprises. And so the startup has launched an equity-based security token offering with the ticker BIT, B-I-T, on July 27th to fund any further development and operations. So the firm is raising an equity token and does note that almost 200 investors have already participated in the security token offering. The token also includes rights to future dividend payments, voting rights, and most importantly, future listing of the shares on an accredited trading platform. And so there's no info on where they're gonna be listed. They certainly only gave us that one little line there at the end as a teaser, but you can check out more information on the primary offering itself on beyond.insurance slash investing. Moving into our market update, secondary market, we have plenty to cover. We have first our security token market report for July was just released today, Monday, August 3rd. And so I feel like it might be an interesting recap to go through the, the full month of trading and give you some of the highlights. 
So over the course of July, the total security token market cap closed on the last day of July at 392 million US dollars, which is a monthly change of 169.99% from where we saw it close in June. On top of that, the total July 2020 trading volume was just about 7.4 million US dollars, which is a 249.73% increase from what we saw in June. So a 250% increase in trading volume, Herwig, in just the month. Insane, man. That's insane. And that does include, or we did take out new tokens that we added. So that, that's, that's actually just the same token. So, so definitely a crazy monthly change. In terms of the marketplace breakdown, our number one spot is still held by T0 with a market cap of $334 million in assets, again, being those two assets over stock and T0, and a 7.2 million US dollar volume. Second marketplace is also a familiar face. This is Open Finance Network with a market cap of $35 million in assets, but only $18,000 in trading volume. However, the third marketplace on this list is actually a newcomer from what we've seen in the past. It is no longer Uniswap. It has been jumped by Tokensoft, who has a peer-to-peer trading platform for their issued assets. And their market cap is about $16 million dollars primarily made up of the Tokensoft private equity as well as the ARCA Funds Treasury Fund. And so that volume was $129,000 in the month of July. In terms of the best performing assets over the month, we had T0 leading the pack up 234% in the month of July, Overstock following shortly behind it at 194%, and then Blockchain Capital up over 50% from where it was in June. Worst performing, we saw Protos take a pretty significant hit, um, which is in line with its NAV, which decreased significantly, and so that's to be expected. Lottery.com also had a, had a decrease, but very little liquidity there, so hard to say. And then Mount Pelerin also did have a 9% decrease as well, so they actually survived okay despite a turbulent month. On top of that, in the month of July, as I mentioned, we added two new security tokens, and those were Tokensoft's equity as well as Arcoin, which is Arca Fund's tokenized treasury fund as well. So those, those are now live on security token market, stomarket.com, and they are tracked through the Ethereum blockchain, so you know that those transactions are legit. And finally, let's move into the, the secondary market since that report. Our total STO market cap, guys is up 40% from just last Monday. Give it seven days, we're up 40% from 300 million to $428 million this week. So this is another week of Overstock crushing it. OSTKO shares are up 66% in the last week with shares at $65 as of Monday and 1.7 million in trading volume just this week for that token. So it's easy to see the market increase or the market cap increase and where it's coming from. T0's token is also flying up 20% this week and seeing about 500K in trading volume as well. So with over 2 million in trading volume from T0's ATS in just this week, the shares are on pace to set another trading volume record for the month of August. The current record was just set this last month with a total trading volume of 7.8 million from the ATS in July, and we've got well over two in our first week of August. In terms of the other tokens, real estate was up an average of 8% per property this week, led by Marlowe, Schaefer, and Leisure, which were all up double digits, with Marlowe at over 18% equity increase just this week alone. 
The trading volumes are still significantly lower than T0 from an absolute perspective, with each real estate property trading around $500 per day, putting the total monthly volume at real estate around 100K per month in volume. This definitely seems low, especially compared to the millions of dollars we're talking about with T0, but when comparing the volume to market cap ratio, Uniswap actually has a higher percentage at 2.6% compared to T0's 2.3%. This essentially means that Uniswap's assets are trading at a higher rate per dollar of equity value than T0's are, even accounting for the frenzies around OSTKO and T0TSROP. This is a tremendous statistic. It actually shows a unequivocal health of the security token market right now and that all of these assets are liquid from the top in Overstock and T0 all the way to some of the bottom market cap coins uh, at like the real estate properties. And so these assets do have strong liquidity despite the low absolute volumes. And I think that that's a tremendous thing to highlight. What an incredible week. What an incredible month. You know, your your report updated follow by this week's update only tells me that there is more positive momentum ahead. Really crazy stuff. Like, you know, I don't think anyone ever saw this. I don't even think the T0 team necessarily saw this coming from the overstock dividend, but it's clearly been a, a whirling success. And to your point, liquidity, folks, the question the mark the mystery around security tokens is it there is it real well clearly based on what kyle has just told us it is uh and with that i think we can get right into the main topic you know yeah i, I think that i can't wait for it i'm sure our listeners are, are waiting at the bit just to hear the, the the main topic and so let's dig right into it our topic today is is one of those benefits that did not exist before the advent of security tokens. And so we're talking about self-custodied investments. You see, in both public and private markets, your investment is never really self-custodied in the sense that someone else always controls the ownership of your investment. It's usually your brokerage firm or wealth manager. The idea that the investment could be represented in a digital token format and therefore traded and managed by your own control is a zero to one shift, which is a change in the entire mentality of equity ownership. I totally agree with you, Kyle. I think this is one of those benefits that was quantified by the ICO era, actually. You know, back then, anyone participating actually had to custody their investments or purchases if you don't want to fess up and call them securities. But regardless, this created a risk in crypto, of course, because if someone hacked you and stole your tokens, you lost your asset for good. As we discussed in the main topic of episode 13, custody for security tokens is a different animal, though and represents zero risk of hacking. By design, the legal ownership is linked to an individual and the token ownership cannot be transferred without the registry being updated and smart contracts are in place to ensure all the parties that are involved have their identity known. Furthermore, there is simply a ledger and by the power of the issuer, the ledger can be overruled. So security tokens can be placed back into the control, the correct holder's hands, right, in case, you know, someone were to have had theirs transferred illegally. It's worth mentioning also that this transaction would, of course, be recorded on that immutable ledger, so the issuers themselves could never pull something malevolent on the investor without the permanent record of such action, in which case the individual would have pretty clear evidence in any legal recourse. Yeah, I would say so. In fact, all in all, I think security tokens make the process of custody digital and better and trustless thanks to the blockchain, right, Kyle? So look at it like custody 
2.0. And the biggest thing that comes with Custody 2.0 is the feature of self-custody. So let's break that down for our listeners, what this actually means and how this can be useful. That's what we do best, Herwig. So let's get right into it. Beyond the benefit of a trustless ledger giving you the legal protection for your ownership interests like we just mentioned, the other main clear value proposition is definitely in the peer-to-peer transfer capabilities, which gives individual investors the ability to create liquidity for their own assets. The big issue for private markets before security tokens is the long period where you don't see a return on your investment until a liquidity event through an IPO or a sale of the company. In the traditional financial world, that's pretty much the only realistic way you could realize returns on your investment. Don't get me wrong, secondary markets for private markets do exist. They just happen to be extremely cumbersome and the process of selling your interest stake goes beyond just the legal challenges, also including technical and operational hurdles. Technical in the sense that each transaction is typically unique, requiring new attorneys and new documents to be written up every time a transfer occurs, and operational in the sense that you may to seek board approval or many other requirements because of the documents that were not structured properly for resale. Both of these factors add to the difficulty and impracticality of secondary transfers on a large scale in private markets. All of these issues are thrown out when you use a security token because there's one universal ledger and it's used for the software updates and the ownership and compliance are automatically recorded, automatically updated using the technological standards of which are interfaced through the security token. Well said, Kyle. You know, essentially, by digitizing the company's equity, the ability to do a secondary or peer-to-peer transaction becomes dramatically easier because the company doesn't need to be involved in the transaction itself. Exactly. Self-custody, if you will. Right, right, right. So that is definitely a game changer. Liquidity is always described as one of the hallmarks of security tokens, and we may not have active exchange volumes like the public markets for security tokens, but security tokens do enable direct transactions from day one after the lockup expiration, of course. This is major because most private securities never traded in the first place, and now they can. That's a really, really big deal. That's a new form of liquidity never seen before for private securities. Unfortunately, no security token can get to exchange exchange or secondary market level liquidity though without needing one of those two involved. It's also important to explain why there, Herwig. So some really hot companies like Airbnb or Coinbase might have a big enough reach that they could form a private market that would definitely support the same levels of liquidity thanks to blockchain technology. The problem isn't technical there though, but legal as we discussed this very issue in last week's episode about section 12G of the Exchange Act, which specifically limits private companies from having more than 2000 individual shareholders before they need to register as a public company with the SEC. Yeah, you gotta check that episode out. It's an important one for security tokens. All our main topic clips from all our episodes are available on YouTube if you didn't know that. And yes, Kyle, Section 12G does prevent an issuer from really growing to the big boy leagues of liquidity. You'll need an ATS or exchange to get involved at that point to help manage your investors and let you scale beyond that 2,000 investor number. Still, self-custody is a big deal because not every private investment needs that secondary market liquidity right away. 
because its value is not big enough or because it doesn't have a large enough audience or whatever the reason might be. The benefits of peer-to-peer -peer trading thanks to self-custody are regardless or immense, maybe the biggest benefit that you can get because of that individuality and the ability to do whatever you'd like. What other benefits of self-custody do you think are also important, Harvey? Well, you know, I think it's important to also highlight how big of a deal it is for an investor to have the ability to really move their investment from one market to another, right? The way I see it is once you take ownership or self-custody of security token because the issuer has released it to you or you bought it from someone or on the market, then you now have freedom, everyone. That freedom to manage your security token however you like. The freedom to move from one exchange to another because maybe there's a better price there or to move it off of an exchange in order to perform your own peer-to-peer -peer transaction or, or even gift it to somebody directly. All now possible thanks to self-custody. All of these things could be done instantly and entirely digital, which is just the really the real game changer for private markets, which were completely analog and make all of these benefits impossible without a security token. Freedom is a great word for it. The freedom to control our investment thanks to self-custody. So I think that just about sums it up. What do you think? I hope we explain the benefits of self-custody using you know, security tokens very clearly, but you tell us, listeners. We want to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. We're reachable via Twitter or LinkedIn, and you can always engage directly with the entire community. Even submit your own articles, as Kyle mentioned, all at stomarket.com slash news. And with that, our show comes to an end. I want to thank you all for listening and look forward to catching you all next week. Thanks for listening.